this woman, okay? And she's carrying her baby, and she goes to get on this bus. And as uh, she goes to step onto this bus, she gets in and right as she steps onto it, um, the guy turns to her and she, he goes, that is the ugliest baby I've ever seen in my entire life. And he's like, dear God. So the woman's obviously offended. She goes to the back of the bus and she sits down. There's this guy sitting there. And after a little bit, he can tell something's kind of wrong. He's like, what's the matter? Just, this bus driver was so mean. Is He just completely just... I mean, he was so rude to me. He hurt my feelings so bad. And he's like, well, are you going to do anything about it? And she's like, no. She's like, I'm not going to do anything. He's like, no. He's like, you can't let that stuff go. He's like, you have to go up. He's like, you have to face those kind of people, and you have to tell them. He's like, seriously. He's like, go up there and tell them. He says, I'll hold on to your monkey for you. <laughs> oh, it hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> and then more people laugh. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome to, welcome to Steadfast tonight. Um, thank you for choosing Steadfast for your Thursday night. Um, hopefully you have a good time tonight. Hopefully you already have. Um, this is the beginning of our three-part series entitled Ha Ha. Um, the series is not just the message, uh, although the messages are um, kind of fun-orientated. Uh, the whole idea is kind of the whole nights all together are kind of that direction. This is just a small piece of it. So uh, I hope you've had a good time. Hope you continue to have a good time. Have a good time afterwards as well. Um, January altogether is a very, very interesting month. Uh, it's a very sad month, statistically. People are kind of down and out. A lot of people maybe because of bad holiday experiences, maybe not good families, um, kind of just lousy holidays. It always seems like around that time, like tons of feelings are hurt at family get-togethers. People say stuff that shouldn't be said, and conversations happen that probably should just be left alone, but they happen, and people are kind of hurt. Um, it's January, so right around the corner is that beautiful day, Valentine's Day for some, and that very, very sad and lonely day for so many others. So people are kind of sitting here sad because they know it's coming, and once again, I still don't have a significant other to share my heart with. Aw, tear. Maybe a lot of people are still just kind of depressed, um, as I fall in line with, that it's January, and this weekend it's supposed to be like three degrees outside, and I want to play Frisbee and drive my car with the windows down and stand outside in parking lots talking to friends, and they're all just demolished by this horrifying weather. People are just kind of depressed at this time. Um, statistically speaking, believe it or not, January is the highest month for death in the United States of America. More people die in January than any other month. So if you make it through January, you guys are better off because you're less of the statistic. You have, you have a less chance of dying. If you make it through this month, good job. Because that's important. Um, so that's really, all of that is kind of why we decided to do this series. We said, you know, what could we do for January? We said, why not do something just kind of fun? Because a lot of times this is kind of just a sad month. Like people are like, it's January. People are going back to school, and it's kind of this whole feeling. So why not when you come on Thursdays that you actually have a good time where it's like, you don't come in like it's all heavy, but you come in and it's a good time where you can hang out with your friends, have fun, laugh. That's kind of the idea. So as we were thinking, what could we do for messages? Tons of ideas come up, but I decided on doing three short messages about fun. And with those kind of ones that we can actually still learn from, I was thinking about just doing stand-up, but I'm not funny enough, so 
I thought maybe I should actually use some of God's word that might be a little bit better. So um, we have three, three messages. The first is church can be fun. The second is God can be fun. And the third is you can be fun. And we're going to talk uh, just on those three different subjects through these next three weeks. Um, not super in-depth, but just kind of with how it goes. So tonight we're going to start with uh, church can be fun. And it really can. So a lot of people, probably when you hear church can be fun, some of you are like, yeah, I understand that. A lot of other people might be like, I could call church a lot of things, but I probably wouldn't call it fun. How often do I think of church and what comes to my mind naturally is fun? It just doesn't seem to go hand in hand whatsoever. It kind of seems ridiculous to pair those. Um, a lot of people have experienced church and said, man, what I've experienced has been anything but fun. That's not how I would describe it whatsoever. And it's true. Um, many people think of kind of the unfun, the bad things that have been in church as you knew it. Um, the things that you've kind of grown up with or maybe taken part in, you thought, man, church isn't fun whatsoever. It's, it's lame. Um, and I've done surveys of people. I've talked to them about what they think about church. And they always get some of these kind of the same old ideas, like um, one that everyone hates, I'm with you, old people. Old people. <laughs> people hate old people. They're like, man, church isn't fun because of all the old people. They're wheezy annoying people who make everything about themselves and they're the same ones who'll poke you with their canes and run into you. They're the same people that, honest to God, the, the old people in churches that people always talk about, they're the same ones who will not look you in the eye for six months and then the one time they do look you in the eye, it's to tell you that what you're wearing is wrong <laughs> or the fact that you don't know what God is really doing because you're too young. You know, there's always those old people that people just can't stand. I am totally with you. I understand. I have met annoying old people in church. It's pretty ridiculous. People be, meet those people and they're like, man, the church sucks. All, this, all these old people that just are like ridiculous. You know, they, they just are offensive. It's kind of interesting actually to think about that. Old people are always offended by us, but how often too are we so offended by old people? But we can't say that. They can say it and get away with it. We can't. A lot of other people, too, they say that church isn't fun because it's just plain old boring. It's just boring. It's not, it's not fun. It's the same crap spilled over once again, rehashed, redone, repackaged for the 900th time. And you come in, and you can always expect the exact same stuff. And it's, it's not fun. It's just same old, same old. It, you know, you could take a nap in church, and you get just as much out of it as if you were awake. It doesn't make any difference, Right. And it's, it's completely true. There's all this repetition and this predictability that people have saw uh, in church until finally, after a while, all of the interest wears off. All of the intrigue that's in your mind just seems to kind of dull away, and then it just kind of becomes that glazed over, like people just kind of march in like drones and take part in church and then leave, and it's just that same old stuff. And what's crazy is this can even happen in really weird churches. I'll tell you a story. First time I was ever in a Catholic church, okay? And uh, I think, I don't remember what it was for. It was the first time I was ever there. And uh, when they do communion in Catholic church, you guys have never been there, um, at least some. I've been to other churches that haven't. Um, they believe that Christ's spirit comes into the bread and the wine. And a lot of times they have these really loud bells. They shake to, you know, to show that, that Christ's spirit is coming in scared the crap out of me the first time I was in a Catholic Mass. No joke. I'm sitting there, and they're like starting communion, and then all of a sudden, these bells just start shaking around me. I thought it was like a fire alarm going off, and I'm like, what the heck? Like, 
my heart started racing, pounding, like I thought something crazy was happening. But what's nuts is on people who are in the church, who've been there for years, right, they don't even flinch at that because it just becomes so routine. It sounds like something weird and out of place, but after they've been in there so long, it is just boring to them. It's nothing different. The same thing can happen in Pentecostal churches, too. People come into Pentecostal church, and they think it's so weird because people are raising their hands, people are dancing, um, people are speaking in tongues, whatever, and then but people get into that, and they do it over and over and over again until it, that becomes boring, too. And they just kind of like, it doesn't even seem like anything special anymore. It's just the same old, same old. I come to church, and yeah, that's going to happen. That person will probably speak in tongues. Someone will dance. Someone will raise their hands. Other people are crying. And people just kind of get bored with that, too. And it's not even interesting anymore. Like I said, some of these churches, you could go to and you could take a nap, and it wouldn't even seem like you missed anything. Other of them, man, churches have adopted these insane tactics and... uh, ways of working that have just become so ridiculous. I can't stand them either. I've been to churches where it's, you know, sit, stand, kneel, sit, kneel, sit, kneel, stand, kneel, stand, sit, stand, kneel, sit. It's like, after a while, you're just like, enough. Enough, I'm done. I'm sitting and I'm not moving again. I don't care if you tell me to kneel. I'm not kneeling and I don't feel bad about it. If you tell me to stand, I'm staying seated because I don't feel like getting up anymore. If you guys have ever felt that before, but sometimes I'm just like, come on. What's the point of this? Or my personal favorite is, is people who are speaking. And uh, I try not to do this. I don't know if I have done it to you guys before. But my, one of my biggest pet peeves with people who are speaking is they'll say something, and they're like, a lot of times it's not even interesting. Like They're like, church can be fun. Say fun. Fun. Say fun. Fun. Say it again. Fun. One more time. Fun. How about one more time? Fun. And they just keep on bringing the audience to come back and forth. And, like, I've had people who have done it, like, have you ever had people do that to you? And, like, when they ask you to say something, you say it. And they ask you to say it again. You're kind of reluctant. Then when they ask you, like, a third time, like, is this guy serious? I've had a guy do it five times. By the fifth time, I'm like, are you joking me? Seriously, here's my aspect on it. By the fifth time, I'm like, either you need to get more interesting, okay, so people don't have to repeat stuff five times to actually learn your points, or you need to stop preaching, one of the two, because it's lame. If you have to make me say something five times in order to get me to remember it, then you must not be a very good speaker because no one's interested, right? And I get all this stuff. Um, I understand all these things kind of get thrown on church. I, I felt them too. Um, a big one people can't stand about church is the hurtfuls and the hypocrites. Those are ones that always stand out. Everyone says, I go to church, I be part of it, but there's so many hypocrites there. There's so many hurtful people. And that's true, too. I mean, I've, I've seen that, too. I've been, in, I've been in church for a long time in my life. I've seen a lot of people who are hurtful. People have hurt my feelings time and time again. And you are completely right. There are a ton of hypocrites in the church. That's kind of just what happens. Um, but kind of taking from all this, you've experienced a whole bunch of kind of crap stuff, seriously, that goes with church. Um, these things take place inside of churches, but um, this isn't supposed to be the basis of what our idea of, of church is. This is, this is the outlier. Uh, this should be what we don't understand as being the commonplace. Um, but you've let these, these small negative things, or even sometimes these big negative things, impact the way that you look at, at church forever. You've let bad experiences stop you from thinking about it at all. Um, just as an explanation for you guys to be kind of crass, 
Sooner or later, all of us will probably have sex. Someday you're going to have really bad sex. Probably won't stop you from having sex again, right? But yet people will have a really bad experience at church and then never go to church again. Do you understand why I'm saying that? The reason why I use that is so that you actually remember it, right? Because you guys are like thinking about that. Someday you're going to have really bad sex, but probably shortly after that you'll have more sex and hopefully it'll be better for you, right? Right. You're not going to give up on it altogether. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. But people do give up on church like that. They have a bad experience with church. They have these bad things. And then shortly after, they're like, well, I just give up on it altogether. I'm not even going to bother with it. The problem is, though, is, is you've experienced all the crap, all of the junk, and all of the garbage that got thrown at church and stuck, but you didn't actually experience what church is altogether. That's the problem. Because church actually can be fun. Just like I'm saying tonight, um, church actually can be fun. You've gotten stuck on all that, but kind of forget about that and start thinking about what it can be. Church isn't supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be something that's actually interesting. Um, all these things, like I said, they're just kind of hung on church. But what we've got to do is we've got to kind of work through them, pull them aside, and then you can actually finally get to see what church is altogether. The word church is used a ton of times in the Bible, uh, a number of times. But what's interesting about it is it's never used to represent a place, uh, a building. It's never used to represent a certain specific meeting. That's not how it's used. Church is always used to represent a group of believers. That's the only way that word's used, is to represent a group of people who were following what God's plan was. You see, the problem is, is when God designed the church, he didn't design it to be a building. A building. He didn't design it to be a service. He didn't design it to be um, all this tradition. What he designed it to be was a group of people who actually believed in him. That's what his church was. And all this other stuff kind of just got piled on. So what that means is that actually we are the church. If you're part of this, um, whether or not you're completely in on it or not, if you're part of this body— then you are part of the church too. If you believe in Jesus Christ, or even if you're just thinking about it, you're searching for that, um, you're maybe confused on where you're going right now, but you're in that, you know, that direction, well, you're part of the church. It's not about a building, but that's really what it is. Um, most people would probably think that in order to make this church fun, which is everything that we're talking about, you know, what's fun, what's, you know, what's interesting, you would have to deviate from what God's plan is. In order to make church fun, you would have to take what God has and you would have to kind of uh, walk around it, hide from some things, take out what some of God has in order to make church fun. But the reality is, is it's the exact opposite. In order to make church fun, you don't have to try to forget what God has for it. You have to try to actually find what God has for it. Because all the stuff we just talked about that were the negatives, none of that stuff is God's plan for church. All of that is man's plan for church and how we've screwed it up over the years. Everything that when I, when I do these surveys with people and talk to them, why does church suck so bad? And everyone has this list of things. None of those things are God. None of those things are, are, are his problems that I have to say, well, you have a problem with this. What always stands out is all this stuff that people made a mistake of. And then they look at that and that's what they look at as church. So if you want to make church fun, what you have to do is you have to step back and you have to head in God's direction instead of man's direction. So let's look at this. What do people find fun? What's fun? What's fun to human beings? Stuff that's exciting. 
People love. They have fun at stuff that's exciting. They have fun with stuff that's original and different. Not the same all over again. They have fun in in situations that are informal where they feel like they can be themselves and they don't have to play a role. People have fun when it has to do with other people that they know, when there's community. And they have fun when their passions get to flow out of them and they get to be part of something that they love. Those are natural just places where people have fun in. They feel comfortable and they can just let themselves have fun. And this is what the church can really be if we don't screw it up. It's not supposed to be that old repetition, that same stereotypical from front to back, top to bottom, left to right, top of the page to the bottom of the page type feeling. That's not how church is supposed to be done. Instead, that's just how we ended up interpreting it because we're such creatures of habit. See, a real church that follows after what God's plan is going to try to fight every single day of its life to stay away from repetition, to stay away from the ruts that have been carved in the road and getting sucked down a path that they don't want to. It says in the Bible in Psalm 149, it says, Sing unto God a brand new song. You might have heard this before. It said like at least like 10 other times in the Psalms and in the, in the prophets right around there. They talk about singing God a brand new song. What do you think that means? Is he saying it's, it's not about singing something the same because God's not the same. They talk about the fact that you're going to tell God how cool he is and do you think he's going to be pleased with you using some old thing to try to communicate it? But God's saying, I'm completely different. Sing me something brand new. Something different that I haven't heard before because I want to hear something cool, right? And that's what people like. People like this where it's not the same old, same old They have fun in situations where it's changing, where they don't exactly know what to expect, but there's something kind of exciting about that. That's what God wants. He doesn't want it to be the same old repetition, the same stereotypical, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to seek God in this certain time frame, and after we get done with this time frame, we're going to move on to this. But that isn't God's plan. He wants us to be new, to be doing things different, because he's a different God. And church isn't supposed to be about all these ceremonies, all these rules. Just, like I said, these stereotypes that we get caught up in. Um, but instead, it's supposed to move easily. You ever feel like sometimes when you come into a, into a church, yeah, I don't know all the different churches that you guys go to, but sometimes it feels like you walk in and you sit down, and the pastor is like the man with the top hat in front of a three-ring circus. And what he does is he screams to you and he's like, Ah, look here to the flaming ring of death. And then he shouts and he catches your attention. He says, and, you know, turn your eyes skyward to the, you know, amazing Houdini who walks on a tightrope. And then look at our crazy man-eating lions. And, this, and he's throwing your direction in every different way. He's got to grab your attention and throw it this way for a certain period of time and then throw it this way for a certain period of time. And it feels like it's like all staged, you know? It doesn't even feel like it's flowing doesn't feel like it feels right. I mean, I'm not ready to move into this, and I'm just being kind of slammed in different directions. But it's being done like that because someone thought it might have worked once, and they just keep on doing the same thing over and over again. The same repetition. The same old thing. But it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be easy and informal, like I said. People feel comfortable and feel like they can have fun in a situation where they don't have to be anyone but themselves where they can walk in and they can say, this is what I am. I don't have to act, right? 
but instead I can have fun just the way that I am. I don't have to try to put on a face. People have fun in those situations. Um, church is supposed to include our passions. I talked about all of us have different things in our world that we have fallen in love with, right? All of us have different things. One of mine, I know I've, I've told you guys a hundred different times, is I absolutely love cars. I love cars. I have a passion for them. Always have since I've been a little kid, right? I love music. I love all these different things. And church is supposed to be infused with these things because, you see, the problem is, is, like I said, it's not supposed to be about a meeting place or about a building, but it's supposed to be about us. So if we make up the church, then that means our passions make up the church's passions. That means that I can be part of church in sitting around with my friends and cleaning out a carburetor because I'm into cars. That means that you being absolutely in love with, say, fine cuisine, can sit around with your friends and enjoy a nice, you know, fancy dish and you guys can be part of the church. That means that you guys who are, you know, big music buffs can sit around, you guys can jam and hang out and you can be part of the church. That means that people who are really, really involved with, with sports, that means that they can do their sports and they can be part of the church in that. You see, we get caught up into that same basic rut, but see, church can be fun. It's just we don't use it the correct way that's supposed to be used. You're supposed to be able to use your passions inside of the church. The other thing is that people need to be a focus, and this never happens when man gets a hold of the church. What happens is, is instead, we start focusing on a program, on a schedule, on an event, on all this other stuff because we think that that's going to work. But instead, all we have to focus on is people because that's what the church is. It's us. If we focused on each other and on having actual connection, we would start to see what the church is really supposed to be, and we'd start to see how much fun church can really be. See, instead, in these places here, you go into a church and you come in, you walk past 10 people who say, how are you doing? You say, fine, how are you doing? And they walk past you and don't answer you back because it was just a, it was just a statement. They didn't actually care how you were doing. I can't stand that. How are you doing? Good, how are you doing? They walk past you. They like to say, what's up? And the other person says, what's up? And they both walk past each other. Not to actually care, what's up? Seriously. People just say those things because they don't really even want to know. I stopped saying it. On Sunday mornings, I got so mad with people asking me questions about what my thing is and not wanting to know it. So I just decided from now on, I just say, good morning. Because if I don't actually want to know, how are you doing? Why am I going to lie to you and say, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm doing good. And you're like, oh, good, I'm doing good as well. That's not even saying hello to each other. It's not even, you know, how are you doing? It's so lame. All I want to hear is good, because I don't actually want to hear their problems. Not even kind of when I ask them that. So why lie? I might as well just say good morning. If I wanted to know their problems, I wouldn't be saying it in two seconds in passing and greeting time, right? I'd actually sit down and talk to them. But there's supposed to be that connection in church. There's supposed to be that fun between people. Um, we go all the way back after Jesus Christ came on this earth. He died. He was resurrected. And there's the Acts Church. And a lot of people really looks, look at the Acts Church as like a model. That's how we're supposed to work, right? And there is not a community that you can find ever that is more connected than the Acts Church. You see, after learning about, you know, what the whole basic story was, Jesus Christ coming to this earth, taking our sins upon himself, um, like it says in the Bible, that all of us have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, 
that Jesus Christ came down and he died as a perfect sacrifice, paid for all those, so that if we believe in him, then after we die, we go to heaven. He paid for those things. After they believed that, and then they were unified on that one topic, man, they had an amazingly connected and fun church. You read about them, and it says they'd, they'd all go to the, to the temple, they'd all pray, and they'd all do their, their things there. And then when they left, they didn't all go home. They all went home together. People would all come together, and they'd eat in one place. And they'd all go do stuff together. You know, it talks about them breaking bread together. Well, as I can see it, I bet you there's a huge, huge picture that when people left, it wasn't just that people went and ate together, but that they celebrated life together. They had fun together. Some would go home, and they'd break bread, and they'd laugh and talk about, you know, what their life was, which probably wasn't much back then, and talk about, you know, what life is and laugh together. Other people probably went and went did work together. You know, women would probably go, and they'd go to the temple, and they'd have to probably, you know, wash clothes or mend garments or, you know, all this different stuff that, that people had to do. Men would probably go off and have to do their trades, and they would talk together too. They would probably work together, find other men who were connected with them in this topic. And what they did is they continued church throughout their entire day. And it was fun because they had real relationships with each other. See, it wasn't lame. It was actually interesting. They had a good time. I know for a fact this is true. Because when I started coming here to this church, we didn't really have a strong group of, group of students. And as we began to grow, we grew a whole strong group of students. And you know how we did it? Was by actually doing church like it's supposed to be, making church fun. And all we had to do was actually just start living with each other. I have had the best times in my life with this church. Not the walls of this church, but with this church. You guys, my community, my actual church. I've had some of the funniest situations I've ever had in my life, some of the craziest and stupidest situations that I've ever been in in my life. Stories that I know for the next 20, 30 years I'm going to be telling to other people that I've, that I've experienced with this church, people inside of here, that I've had just great times. When we actually have that connection, church can be fun. God wants us to be connected. He wants us to have this real friendship, this real love. And inside that, man, like I said, church can be awesome. Um, quite simply, to put, put it this way, Church is, is us, like I said. What that means is that any time we connect, we can be having church. Now, let me explain this to you for a second. Think about this. I don't mean that if two people connect, they have to meet, pray, do worship, all that other same stuff that we get caught up with. All it takes for church is two people who are both you know, interested in God. Both are trying to glorify God. And then it says that as soon as two or three are gathered, God's presence comes there. And then it's just that conversation that comes from that. That's church. It can happen, like I said, sitting around the table at a coffee store. It can happen underneath the hood of a car. It can happen over telephone lines. It can happen wherever two people are connected, at least. And it talks about in the Bible, and it's so true, that church just begins to flow from people. It really happens, too, because I've seen it in even our group right here, is what happens is people are around, and a few people start to talk about a subject on God. And before long, what happens is other people start to put in their input. Other people start to listen to it, not just let the conversation go just on their own and start their own. People start to listen to it and think about what other people are saying. There's encouragement. People turn and basically tell each other and encourage each other, um, compliment each other, 
tell them who they can be. And that's the church. So anytime that we're gathered together, we can be the church. And that means that church can be tremendously fun. Take away all that stuff, all that stuff that hinders us from thinking that it, that it can be. And it really can be fun. Absolutely. Across any, any span, any building, any situation, we can have church. So what this means is that what you have to do is just find a church that has fun. That's your goal in life. Whether that's here right now or down the line, whatever it is, you need to find a church that's having fun, and you need to have fun in that church. Don't stay in a church where you're not having fun. Don't do it. It's lame. Find another church where you say, you know what, I'm having fun in here. I'm connected with people. It's new. It's exciting. My passions are played out inside of it. I don't know exactly what's going to happen next because it's original. I feel like I can be myself. All those things that are important for us having fun. You find a church that you can have fun in and have fun in it. And through that, you guys will grow. You guys will come closer to God. Seriously, he'll work through that. It'll be awesome. So I hope that that's this here right now. Become part of that. But church can be fun. I want to pray with you guys. I thank you, Jesus Christ, for tonight, and I thank you that if we focus on you, church can be fun because um, a lot of people have kind of wrecked it and placed all these boundaries, placed all these heavy things on it when it's not supposed to be that way. So I pray to you, God, that when we focus on you, that church will begin to be fun once again, that we'll come back to that, that it won't just be the same old, same old, but it'll actually be interesting, Lord God. I pray to you for tonight. And just for the next few nights as we just um, really just try to have a good time, Lord, that you would just bless that because I understand that you are not a God of, um, Lord, of lameness, Lord God, but you're a God of just fun. You're a God of interest. So I pray to you, Jesus Christ, that you just really bless that and um, just keep everyone safe as they head out tonight. And it's in your name that I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen.